Earlier this month, Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey attended a plenary assembly of the Dicastery for Divine Worship at the Vatican to discuss Pope Francis' apostolic letter on the liturgical formation of the people of God. And as a theological consultant to the Dicastery, Abbot Jeremy spoke to cardinals, archbishops, and bishops about the liturgical formation of future priests at Mount Angel Abbey. Abbot Jeremy, it's great to have you with us this morning. And to get things started, what were the specific objectives for the gathering at the Vatican? The objectives were to to take further steps in the con- in a concrete way to take uh, Pope Francis's apostolic letter on the on the preparation of the people of God, the deeper understanding of the liturgy, and uh, asking the bishops from every part of the world, what can we do to move uh, what the Pope says in this letter forward? In that letter, Pope Francis speaks and uses the term liturgical formation quite a bit. What specifically does he mean by that? Yes, in the letter he, he speaks of uh, formation for the liturgy, and formation by the liturgy. It's a it's a very useful distinction. Formation for the liturgy would be preparing people to understand how to participate, what it means. Uh, but more important is letting ourselves be formed by the liturgy itself. So we have to be formed for participation in the liturgy, and then the liturgy itself becomes. Uh, our main teacher. Uh, that's a letter. That's a distinction that runs through the whole letter, and he gives very concrete suggestions of how both can be done. That's, in fact, how um, I was invited to speak to the whole assembly, because uh, there's a section in there on seminary formation, and uh, I was invited to speak about seminary formation at Mount Angel. It, it might be surprising to think that. Mount Angel is being spoken about in the Vatican meeting, but uh, the reason for that invitation was because uh, we have had in place here for some 30 years in, in our curriculum the kind of seminary curriculum that Pope Francis calls for in paragraph 37 of that apostolic letter. And so the uh, prefect and archbishop secretary of the dicastery uh, wanted the bishops that were gathered for this meeting to have a concrete experience to react to. And so they invited them to react to Mount Angel's uh, experience. It was, a, it was a real honor for Mount Angel, of course, to be at such a big meeting. How does it feel to address a crowd like that, uh, just from a personal perspective? Well, I, I felt honored to to be able to do it. One of the bishops from Canada that was there, I was talking with him before, and and he said to me, uh, he said, this is a big talk you have to give. Uh, are you nervous? And I paused a minute, and I said, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I, 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 I felt it sounded, maybe came, came off as arrogant or something, so I said, I'm not nervous because I so believe in what I'm going to share with you. And I think it's such a great program, and so I believe in it, and I'm not nervous. I'm just anxious to share it. And and that's the way I felt as I was talking. I had a whole hour to uh, lay out our program, and then uh, it was discussed by the bishops in various language groups for uh, an hour and a half afterwards. There were only two other presentations during the, the four days of the plenarium meeting. Mine was in the middle. Um, 
And so after all three presentations, there was an hour and a half discussion on each, on the individual ones, and then several days trying to put all three of the of the of the presentations together. We're visiting with Abby Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, talking about his recent trip to Rome and the plenary assembly of the Dicastery for Divine Worship at the Vatican. And in the Holy Father's opening remarks to the assembly, he said, and this struck me, without liturgical reform, there can be no reform of the church. What specific reforms were addressed by the assembly? Basically, the, the reforms are the reforms that began 60 years ago with Sacrosanto Concilium, Vatican II's uh, document on, on, the, on the liturgy and the reform of the liturgy. And in, in saying what he said there, Pope Francis was simply quoting uh, the opening lines. It wasn't an exact quote, but he was quoting the, uh, the meaning of the opening lines of uh, Sacrosanto Concilium, which was published at the Vatican Council 60 years ago. In that uh, document of the council, it says this council, this sacred council, is meeting in order to impart new vigor to the life of the church. And for that reason, we see it imperative to reform the liturgy, meaning basically to, to reform the capacity of people to understand the liturgy better and to participate in it more deeply. So Pope Francis doesn't introduce any new reforms, and we didn't talk about any new reforms, but we talked about how to deepen our understanding and our grasp of the of the reforms that have already been made. Reforms meaning the way that we celebrate the liturgy today. Mm-hmm. Those those that that has come about in the last sixty years, and it, it, there's a real art to celebrating the liturgy. Well, in fact. In the letter, the Pope uses the letter, the art of celebrating. And the presiding priest needs to, to celebrate with, with, with understanding and with art and with grace. But the whole assembly has an art of how to participate. And so that's the language of the letter, and it's just simply trying to accomplish at a, at a still deeper level a participation by the whole people of God in the liturgy in such a way that, as I already said, the liturgy begins to form them more and more deeply. It seems like a very symbiotic relationship, that idea of being formed in the liturgy and then being formed from the liturgy. Yes, that's right. Uh, The title of my talk might sound a little esoteric, but it will tell you uh, what my own task was. The title of my talk was Training Mystagogues for the People of God. Mount Angel Seminary's theological curriculum. Now, that word mystagogue might be an unknown word to a lot of your listeners, but it's a word that uh, theologians and that, that the, the dicastery borrowed from the patristic tradition, and it describes what a bishop does. It's, it's a term from the patristic church from the 4th century, and it's the, it's the bishop explaining to the newly baptized all the symbols of the Eucharist. And so we're using that term by extension for the priest, pastor of his parish. He has to be a mystagogue for his people. That is to say, he has to be able to, uh, to, to speak to them about the liturgy in such a way that, oh, here's why we sing this song this way at this time. Here's why we listen to the scriptures 
in this order. Here's why there's a responsorial psalm. Here's what bread and wine mean. Here's what happens when they've been transformed into the body and blood of Christ. All of that is mystagogue at work. That is fascinating. We'll go deeper into what it means to be mystagogues and how we can grow in the liturgy during this Lenten season. After we take a break for news, we'll continue our conversation with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey here on The Morning Blend at Mater Dei Radio. We're continuing our conversation with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, who just returned from Rome and the plenary assembly on the Dicastery of Divine Worship at the Vatican, where he spoke. Abbot Jeremy, in our first segment, we were talking about mystagogues, and obviously that applies to priests and religious. How does liturgical formation flow from there? The Pope's letter has a very strong urging of priests to get better and leading their congregations in a deeper understanding of the very celebration itself. But it's not just the priest's responsibility. The whole people of God need to uh, be formed for the liturgy so that they can be formed by the liturgy. What are some things that we as people of God can do to enhance that liturgical formation, especially during Lent and maybe going into Easter and then beyond that? A good preparation for letting ourselves be formed by the liturgy is what I know many of your listeners probably already do, and that's to read the scriptural text that will be uh, proclaimed in the liturgy uh, in anticipation so that they're, they've, they've already been, begun to think about what those texts mean. But I would just remind your listeners, there's one thing to read the Bible and pray about it on your own, but when the same uh, biblical text is proclaimed, during the liturgy, it has, and we need to be aware of this, it has a special force and power and presence then and there. Mm. The very word proclaimed delivers a presence of Christ to us that we need to, to be, I would just say, ready to receive, ready to detect that presence. But in addition to that, you know, it's it's good, just the way I'm talking is, in a sense, forming your listeners for the liturgy so that they can be formed by the liturgy. It's very important to be aware that there's two main parts to the celebration of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. And so what is proclaimed in the presence of Christ that comes through the proclamation of the Word, that presence is deepened in the second part of the Mass when we could say, in effect, the Word becomes flesh by by the transformation of our gifts of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And that and preparation would also knowing, yes, Christ is, is really present in in his body and in his blood on the altar. It's really he that's present and very flesh with us. And yet not just vaguely present, he's present under signs that signify his sacrifice that signify his death on the cross. So what we are having, what we have communion in is not just Christ vaguely present, but Christ in his act of sacrificing himself to the Father. And and he takes us up into that sacrifice with him. The way I'm talking, I'm forming your listeners for the liturgy. But when you're in the liturgy, you want to just Watch that happen. Feel it happen. Listen to the words. Watch the action of the priest. 
And then in the receiving of Holy Communion to receive the Lord's body and blood with reverence and understanding that that this is communion in his very sacrifice and that through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, we're all going to God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit. You can hear me echoing the language of the liturgy, but pay attention, I guess is what I'd (laughs) say. It's all really happening. I love your passion, Abbott. That just yeah. uh, it gets me charged up. Well, good. <laughs> I'm just a mystagogue. That's what I'm being a mystagogue. <laughs> One of the things in the Benedictine tradition that you do are Liturgy of the Hours. How does that play into this as well? What we say about the Eucharistic liturgy, you know, in a sense it's valid for all liturgy. All liturgy is a recalling of the Paschal mystery and a making present of the Paschal mystery. That is to say, every time the church gathers for prayer, the hour, it is an hour of Christ's death and resurrection, which never passes away. Mm. Christ being risen means that everything that he did in his earthly life, which culminated in his death, Christ being risen means all the, all the life of Christ and his his saving death is present here and now. That's what risen means. And so the prayer of the church and the liturgy of the hours as we pray them here at Mount Angel all together, it's just stepping into that time and that space of Christ's living risen body. And it's realizing that, you know, we pray the hours at different different times of the day in the early morning before the sun comes up, as the sun comes up, at midday, in the early evening and at night. That's also that we understand that every hour of every day is invaded by this presence of the risen Christ. And so that the meaning of my day today finds its ultimate sense in being subsumed up into this hour of Christ. And that's why the Liturgy of the Hours, the divine office that the monks pray, is such a wonderful way of remembering the intensity of the Eucharistic presence of Christ. We have the the privilege, which a lot of people don't have, of praying all of our Liturgy of the Hours in the same place where we celebrate the Eucharist, that is to mm. say, around the altar. So the Psalms and the readings and the Psalms and the hymns, they all sort of, you can see the altar that you just celebrated Eucharist on, and it's a wonderful it's a wonderful privilege of the monastic life that we that we do that all in the same place. We're speaking with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey. And Abbot, I just want to thank you because it, it seemed very esoteric to me, this formation in the liturgy and from the liturgy. But you just really made that tangible for me. And I, I thank you for that oh, explanation. Good. Well, I'm glad. I, I, once you get it, it's a real key to, to everything, really. I could see that. I can also understand you had quite an honor when you were in Italy. Your alma mater, the Benedictine College of St. Anselmo, granted you the honor and title of Professor Emeritus of the Faculty of Theology, and then the Diploma of Merit came with that. Can you describe a little bit about your feelings receiving that award? Um, Yes, I was was rather surprised. I didn't know that that was going to happen to me. Well, before I was abbot, I was uh, teaching at Santa Anselmo for 22 half years. That is to say, I taught uh, the one semester at Mount Angel Seminary every year, and the other semester 
I taught at the Benedictine University, Sant Anselmo. So when I became abbot, I couldn't do that anymore. Couldn't be going back and forth like that. And so I had to end those 22 years, but I loved my teaching there. It was a great experience for me, and, and I think I was appreciated by my students there. When I first became abbot, San Anselmo said, you know, you can keep coming back and doing intense courses, two or three weeks at a time. And I said, I'd like to do that, but it's not going to work, boys, I told them. <laughs> but they didn't believe it. And now they finally do. And also because I've reached the age uh, where uh, in the Roman system, uh, a professor has to retire uh, from required courses. He can still teach, but no longer required courses. So they gave me this title emeritus uh, to honor the, the 22 years that I had taught there. And then this, um, this um, certificate of merit that they gave me, which was just a nice statement of the particular impact that I had had in those 22 years on Santa Soma. I was very moved by it because I didn't know what was happening. And I thought, People had just forgotten that I taught there. You know, this was eight years ago that I became abbot. So uh, I haven't taught at San Anselmo for eight years. But it's a place I loved, and it's a great experience. And my years of teaching in Rome were were very important part of my life. It's probably how I got involved with the Vatican, you know. Eventually, people hear your name in that town. And so, you know, for for 20 of those 22 years, I've been a, a consultor or the Dicastery of Divine Worship. And I don't think I would have necessarily been named to that had I not been living in Rome at the same time, you know? Well, it was an honor well-deserved. Very (laughs) well-deserved. You're you're kind to say so. Thank you. Well, Abbot Jeremy, in closing, could we ask for your blessing? Yes. I I have in my heart, whoever is listening to me, and have in my heart what I was talking about, really wanting the people of God to be prepared for the liturgy so that the liturgy can really form us all together ever more deeply. And I offer you all my blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Abbot so, Jeremy. Well, thank you for your interest and thank you for all the good things you do, Mater Day. It is a pleasure, and, and the best part about that is working with the folks at the Hilltop. You have a great oh. crew there. Oh, thank you. I know we do. It's a, it's a beautiful group. He's Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, and this is the Morning Blend on Matre Radio.